Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. 303-690-3000. is the number. We've been away for the holidays had a couple of snow days here in Colorado that changed things up. You know, I wherever you're listening right now, some of you are in some non-snow states, and because you're in some non-snow states, you don't realize that our whole life can change because of snow, and things shut down. Um, and even we had a couple of days there where it wasn't snow, it was the cold uh, and I know a lot of you were expected. So we had some some uh, extra encores that were playing because of the weather. We had encores playing because of the holidays. But now we're launching off into the new year. This is my first program in the new year of 2023. And we look forward to hearing from you. 303-690-3000 is the number. You can always text me. See some texts coming in already. Uh, prayer requests for Eric or to for a future marriage. Uh, and we definitely want to pray for you. We'll do that in a moment. And uh, you can text me. The number is 720-336-0897. And that number is open constantly, continually, 720-336-0897 for texting only, and we'll fill the program with text questions if uh, we don't have calls. So lines are lighting up now. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. I want to welcome everyone listening live on Grace FM uh, throughout the front range here, throughout Colorado, from uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, down south to Pueblo West. Uh, and everyone listening on the stations, uh, Radio by Grace, Grace FM, you guys are listening live. And remember, the Radio by Grace Network covers Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Idaho, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, Missouri, Mississippi, Montana, New Mexico, Nevada, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Washington, Wisconsin, and parts of Wyoming. So you guys, welcome uh, Radio by Grace and Grace FM, you're listening to this live. And then we want to welcome everyone on Hope FM, covering New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Maryland, and Truth FM, Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky, and Higher Rock Radio on Meridian, Idaho, the Boise area. You guys are hearing this one week delayed. And all that means is you can call while we're on the air, and we'll take your call live, and you will... Um, Talk to us on the phone live, but then you tune into your radio station next week and get to hear yourself on the radio. 303-690-3000 is the number. We actually have another pastor in studio today. His name is Josh Sorensen. 
Welcome, Josh. Thank you, Ed. Good to be here with you. Here, let's move. We He walked in like a minute before the show started, so um, go ahead and be this close to the mic, and you're good. All right. Sounds good. Great to be here with you, Ed. Does he sound okay, Kevin? Good, good, good. 303-690-3000. Let's see what... I, I got to get my call screen up. I did not open it yet, uh, but we want to pray for uh, this person to be married this year to Eric, and may God open up the windows of heaven and begin communication again, and also asking for some health issues. So, Father, we just pray for this sister who desires to be married to Eric, and more than that, she just needs the lines of communication open. And so we pray for that. We pray according to your will, Lord, that they could talk again. Uh, And this health issue she has, she's looking for her numbers to go down, I think. And so, yeah, low, lower. Uh, So we pray for her numbers to go lower. And during this time of waiting, that she might trust in you and draw near to you and be in that place of complete, total surrender with this area of her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 303-690-3000. Let's see here. We're going to go right to Colorado. Strasburg, Colorado. Wani, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Thanks for taking my call, and a blessed new year. Um, so I was listening to Pastor Jeff's speech about, and I've heard it a lot of times, but I never, it never really clicked today where everybody was supposed to bow down to the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. Yes. And Shadrach, and Abednego wouldn't. But where was Daniel? He wasn't there. I know, but... I thought everybody had to be there. They list all the people that had to be there, and Daniel was very high up in um, King Nebuchadnezzar's rule. Well, it's one of those questions where the Bible doesn't say. It just says he's not there. So anything else, we'd be speculating. I think when I taught this, I might have mentioned that he might have been off doing something. He could have been working in another area of the kingdom. He could have been doing a lot of things. Um, I mean, he could have, but the text is pretty clear that he wasn't there. Okay. Well, thank you. No, it's a great question. I mean, this is important. Like, this is an interpretive—there's an interpretive part to, uh, to this answer, and that is when the Bible is silent, we have to acknowledge that first. Like, because, you know, as we as pastors, especially we as pastors, um, we, we can go in a lot of different directions when the text actually doesn't say that. And so we need to be clear that we are going in another direction, like trying to put pieces together of, of, of uh, what's the word I want to use, uh, pro- possibilities, probabilities, um, but we don't know actually because the Bible is silent. And so a question like this is, the Bible doesn't say, but we have some conjectures, uh, but we just don't know because the Bible doesn't address it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. What do you think, Josh? What do you think, uh, where do you think Daniel was? That's a great question. Ed. I actually just studied Daniel not too long ago, and you're exactly right. We don't know, but he was a dignitary, so he was around, So, but we don't—the the scripts are silent in terms of where he was in that season, so— um, but he was, he was around somewhere. He was somewhere. You know, he we was We do alive. know that. Yep. 303-690-3000 is the number. Heading over to Texas now. Rick, welcome to the program. 303-690-3000. Oh, you're going to have to turn your radio down. Hey, Rick, are you there? Rick? Hey, Rick, did you turn your radio down? Yep. Okay, perfect. What's up? 
if we're born again and we die right now, do we go up immediately to heaven to be with Jesus? Yes. Yes. Okay. So we don't have to wait till like the rapture or till he comes back or No, to be like absent that. from the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay. That's that's the only question I had. Thank you. Ed. Great question. Thanks, Rick. Bye. Bye bye. Three oh three six nine zero three thousand from Colorado to Texas, now to Miami, Florida, Palma. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I was just in Washington, D.C. with my son, and we went to the Holocaust Museum. Yes. Um, devastating. I've never seen it so, you know, up and personal, deep. Um, it is. It, Really, really, I no idea like how bad it was. Yes, I actually, and, I actually haven't been to the one in New York, but I've been to the one in Jerusalem. Uh, and, well, in uh, Washington D.C., not New York. I'm in D.C. I'm sorry, and and uh, there is one in New York as well in Manhattan, um, but the one in um, in Jerusalem is is sobering. I'm sure D.C. is as well. It's, it's, it was, I, I, I told my son, you know what, I didn't come here to see, I, I wanted to see the nations, more, you know, and I yeah. said, this is too much, um, let's get mm-hmm. out of here. I, I was, yes, I understand. It was, yeah, it was it was really bad. Yes. And after I exited the museum, my first thought was, are these people going to be saved? Like, what's going to happen to them? Which people? The Jewish people that died on the Holocaust. So those God's that people like those that well, died apart from Christ will not get a second chance, Jew or oh Gentile. And as a as a tro- as atrocious as the Holocaust was, and is as we remember it, the those lives that were lost were not lost without a witness of Christ. Okay, and so we don't know. Again, we don't know what happens in the final moments of someone's life, what happens within the concentration camps, but apart from Christ, um, apart from the witness of Christ, apart from faith and being born again, there is no second chance after death for anyone. Not even for his people. Yeah, no, no. Okay. No, because, you know, think, I, I want you to think this through as difficult as it is. Jesus, when he came, he says he first came to the Jew. And right. he was rejected. And so everyone would be responsible for that rejection, Jew and Gentile alike. Okay. Yeah, I thought I heard something about, um, in the second coming, um, something about his people having a second chance or something like that in the tribulations, but I guess... Well, those alive during the tribulation will have a chance. Uh, and all all the nation of Israel, all when, when that word all, it doesn't mean every single human being against their will, but it's speaking of all those that repent during the Great Tribulation period will be saved. They will embrace Messiah. But they, they have to be alive. They have to be alive, yeah. Cause, okay. and, and the scripture um, that I'm reminded of is in Hebrews, and I'm gonna, I was going to quote it, but um, let, me, let me read it to you. Die and judgment. It says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. And, you know, many people over the years feeling what you feel, because I can, 
I can sense and you can feel your emotion through the radio, you know, through the phone. You can feel and hear your emotion in your voice. And out of that emotion comes a desire, right? An equal desire for those that suffered such atrocity. Um, and, And over the years, there have been many people. I mean, I think within the religious system of Roman Catholicism, they've created part of their their false theology of a second chance. They call it purgatory. Right, yeah, that I've heard. I was born Catholic, so... And so purgatory is just something that was made up to kind of address, not your particular question, but to address this, this ache of... this ache of what's happening to these people and how how can we somehow make up for what they've suffered on earth? And then, of course, with Roman Catholicism, um, they wanted to make money as well. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, I was, and it happened, and and I was, I was almost sure what the question, what the answer was. I was just like, okay, maybe, (laughs) you know, maybe it's not what I'm thinking it is. But I, I needed to, to be clear with that, just to stop thinking about it. You know, we were think- we were also, and this is something I want to I want to turn a turn it a corner just a little bit for you, so you can process this with the Lord. I was reading in Matthew nine yesterday, uh, the just kind of just reading through Matthew and, and chapter nine. I had to stop, and I spent quite a bit of time looking at it. And one of the things that happens in Matthew nine. Uh, in the midst of Jesus healing and calling Matthew and restoring sight and and even giving a resurrection, you know, giving life to a girl that had died, it says it says this. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion, and that's part of what you're feeling right now. You're feeling yeah. a deep, intense emotion for a group of people, which is very appropriate. Compassion um, for you, you're feeling it with those that have been that have died. Jesus here is feeling it with those that are alive, but it's the same emotion, I think. And as he's as he's approaching, he says, "Because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd." And then he t- turned around with that to his disciples and said, "The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few." Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And maybe the Lord's going to do something with this emotion you're feeling to minister to those that are alive and to really step into evangelism, step into a heart. You know, we even have a ministry here in our church that specifically has a desire to reach out to the Jewish people in our community. But I I don't want you to lose this because the emotion will be less over time because it's so close to your visit. And it will lessen over time. I don't want you to lose it, that you might step in and see where the Holy Spirit's leading you. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm stepping into a different um, world. Um, for the, I mean, I, I got baptized when I was 12. Yes. And I just recently really, really, really um, have, for the first time, an understanding of what um, Jesus and communicating with him and God is like really, really deep. Like, something happened to me, and I was like, whoa, what was that? Yes. Yeah, and and now I get it. Now I understand. Um, you can hear it over and over again, but now I get it. Now I understand, so. Well, yeah. Josh, you want to pray for her? Yeah, absolutely. And what was your first name again? 
I want to go palm tree with an A at the end. <laughs> Palma. Palma. Wonderful. So, Lord Jesus, we, uh, we, we feel the weight, Lord, of uh, what took place, the Holocaust, Lord, especially as we, we consider these things, we think about these things, Lord, um, the Holocaust Museum. Um, I'm reminded, Lord, of what Peter said, that, Lord, you were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life. So if our heart breaks over sinful humanity and over what took place, Lord, we know much more your heart broke. Um, and that's the reason you sent Jesus, to be the Savior of the world um, and to offer yourself for any that would call out to you to find salvation. So uh, so for, I pray for Palma, Lord. I just pray as she um, weighs out what she's experienced in your presence, Lord, that um, you would minister to her, that you'd speak to her, that you'd remind her again, Lord, that you love people and you love your people and you love the Jewish people and you love her, Lord. And in the midst of all of this, God, you are an ever-present help to her. So um, we, in one sense, Lord, we have to deal with the, the weighty, weightiness of the sin in this world. Mm. Um, but in the other sense, Lord, we deal with the fact that you came to forgive the world of its sin to all that would call out on the name of Jesus. And so somewhere in the tension of that, Lord, we, um, we sit and we wrestle, but we know, God, you're with us in that. And so we put these things before you, and we pray this in mm. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for calling. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. is the number. That's to get on the air with us. Wherever you're listening, you call us directly or text us, 720-336-0897. We're going to head over to Maryland now. Alex is on the line. Alex, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. You're on the air. Yeah, so uh, my question is along the lines of, um, I'm African-American, I'm in in Baltimore, and... um, um, uh, I'm a believer, but whenever I um, take the opportunity to minister to brothers like myself, um, a lot of our community is, uh, you know, a part of the Nation of Islam or have our own different ideas about spirituality, and it's an our origin. And it's always difficult to minister to our brothers um, because in some cases when— uh, I minister to them. They talk about our presence uh, in the Bible, the origination of uh, the Bible, uh, the identity of uh, Jesus Christ, and things like that. It's always difficult uh, to give them truth about us and, and, and what the Bible means to us and what um, who we are to, to, uh, to God. And it's like, when you look at the evangelical community, it seems like we don't exist. Everything from, from churches leaving our community to, to no one ever speaking out about uh, things that happen to us and to our community, uh, it's even harder to minister to my, to my brothers when every time they kind of open their air to listen and they, they, they look, they see that we're being almost marginalized. And it's like, um, my question is, how, do I, how, how would I go about um, ministering to my brothers in a, in a more meaningful way? You know, I think, that, I think that as you describe the difficulties surrounding reaching a particular community of people, uh, in your case, the African-American community, what you're, what, where you're living and what community you're a part of, what subset of the community of humanity that you're a part of and that, that make up a portion of who you are and your identity on earth, the, the key is relational, right? Everything is relational. 
And I would imagine that, that let's just say there's there's 10 people uh, in your community, African-American community that you know, um, you already are going to be able to reach them greater than I'm going to be able to reach them because you have a credibility with them that I don't have. Now, I don't know if I would ever get that credibility. I think the Holy Spirit could do that work, um, and they would they anyone um, could judge my desire to help, my authenticity, my you know all the characteristics that would help build a bridge into someone's life. But you may not feel this. But as you're describing it, uh, I'm I'm listening to you, and I'm like, you are in such a great position to do exactly what you want to do. And the tools are the same. Uh, The Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Paul said he's not ashamed of the gospel, uh, and that it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believed, the Jew first, but also the Greek, um, you know, the Gentile, all of us that are Gentiles. And I just think, you know, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, man, the more you know the Word, and the more you're praying for the people you're closest to, the more effective and usable you're going to be in the kingdom, and you're just going to be more, you know, again, you, you, it's good for you to hear this. You probably already know this, but you have, you are perfectly positioned to be used of God within your community. And I know you're getting resistance, and I know you're, you, you have feelings like being neglect in the whole evangelical world. I mean, I think, I think as you, as each segment of society could look at the evangelical world or the evangelical machine or religion in general and say, religion's left me empty here and religion's left me empty there. And, you know, when somebody admits their emptiness, they go looking for things. I think of of the scripture that says um, that in the last days or there'll be a, um, there'll be a, I'm paraphrasing this, a tickling of the ears and with the tickling of ears, people are going to be looking for teachers that will be saying things they want to hear. And that's frustrating. You know, I'm a pastor. I minister to Aurora is a very diverse community. Um, and we have a lot of immigrants here, a uh, very large African-American population, very large white population. Like it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful city to serve God in, very diverse. Um, and the only authority that I can step into, um, into their lives is the Word of God. But the only way you're going to let me step into your life is if you trust me. Because what I like to share here is trust is the currency of ministry. And the only way you can trust me is over time and testing. And I just think you're in a precise—and if there's particular religions that are picking people off, like the Nation of Islam, it would be really good to learn about them so that you can have real, sound, solid answers— uh, you know, whether the Jehovah Witnesses or the Mormons, whoever, like to be able to answer solid questions so that, again, you're building credibility, you're building trust, because the gospel in your hands is just as, as powerful as the gospel in my hands, and and I think you're in a great position. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Anytime we share the gospel with people, it's it's going to be difficult, particularly those that are studied, that have answers, that have responses. Um, sometimes we don't always know how to respond to them. But I'm reminded of what Paul said, and Paul, throughout the book of Acts, traveled all over and preached the gospel to many, many different religions, many people that believed many different things, um, many people that were antagonistic towards the gospel. But uh, Romans 1.16, uh, the power is in the message of the gospel. So as Pastor Ed just said, 
as you continue to build a relationship. Um, it says in the book of Matthew, let your light shine before men, uh, that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in That's heaven. Right. So along the way, as you share and as you love, um, they're, they're going to be watching your life perhaps even more than what you're saying. Um, but the, the onus, wonderfully, on us is just to share the gospel, believing that the, the, the power is in the message of the gospel. But we're not the one that saves, so that, that pressure is off of us. God is the one that saves. And so you may perhaps, as you're having these conversations, not even know that you're watering, you're planting seeds, you're watering on those seeds. But um, as you pray, as you let your light shine before them, as you love them, as you build relationships, as you communicate the gospel, uh, you never know in, in time what God might do with that. That's good. Hey, thanks for calling, Alex. Okay, thank you. Hey, can I pray for you before you hang up? Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. God, I thank you for the heart that you've given to Alex, Lord. It just sounds like it beats with yours and his desire to reach people that are very close to him, a uh, community that is his community and where he's grown up and has um, shared uh, values and shared background, and, and yet it's super hard, God. It's hard. There's stony hearts, stony ground. But God, I pray, even my brother, I was thinking too while Josh was praying, um, that he wouldn't grow weary in well-doing. Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. And I just think all of us, Lord, we have this edge in this place where we lose heart. And so I pray for Alex as he is equipped and he may even feel like he's inadequate, but I know you're using him already. Um, and I know we can't, um, you know, that we get overwhelmed with all the needs. Like we can't do everything. But what we can do, Lord, empower us and help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Okay, buddy. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah, I was thinking, Josh, you know, I, um, the more and more you talk about something, this could be a whole topic of the show, but you look at a whole swath of difficulty, you know, instead of looking at Josh, I think of the thousands of people that Josh represents and that'll overwhelm me. And one thing that will help me is just to come back to Josh. I'm just going to minister to the guy in front of me. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what kind of change is going to happen in a community of people, but I do know if God's given me time with you, then I can minister to you. And one by one, things change. All right. We're coming up on the end of the first half of the program. It happens super, super quickly. I want to welcome everyone back. I, we were away uh, for a couple weeks with some encores. We had some planned encores, and then we had some unplanned encores with the uh, snowstorm and the, the deep freeze. Like, it was... It was bad. You're you're brand new to Colorado, Josh. So I you am. guys tested the boiling water thing. We did, and it worked. So you take boiling water when it's negative degrees outside. You throw it up into the air; it becomes steam and just floats away beautifully. But you're from Philadelphia, like you didn't have it, that out there. It never got that cold. <laughs> what we experienced was, I think, ungodly. <laughs> it was no, no, never, no, never, <laughs> never. But we want everyone to think that because then they won't move to Colorado. That's right. <laughs> No, it's it's definitely a different way of life uh, here, uh, just like anyone calling in could say it's different where they're from, but it is definitely not Southern California here, that's for sure, which is where you guys just came from. Right. So we're <laughs> getting used to the cold again, reacclimating. Yeah, it's uh, it was cold. That was a that was an unusual season of coldness, and uh, um, and and my whole thing is is once it's under thirty two, what difference does it make? It's freezing cold anyway, and negative numbers doesn't it doesn't even matter. Nobody wants to be out in it, um, and nobody wants to shovel snow. Well, that's not true. Some people do. 
I don't. Yeah. yeah. Maybe your kids do. I have sons, so that's yeah. what, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we, we are uh, just filling time because we've got a few seconds before the end of the program, or the end of the first half, I should say. Um, so we have an open line if you want to grab it, 303-690-3000. Uh, 303, we, we know, Sherry, you're listening in Pennsylvania. We'll get back to you as soon as we come back on the second half of the program. Uh, but we are back live. This is my first program uh, in the new year, 2023. So uh, we're grateful to be back. Take your calls. Text us, 720-336-0897. Call us, 303-690-3000. This is Calvary Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of today's program. First show that I get to do in the new year. I'm looking forward to what God may have for us in this new year. Um, one of the things, if you want to share with us what you think God's doing in your life for the new year, we'd love to hear that. Um, if you phrase it in the form of a resolution, great, commitment, great, recommitment, repentance, doesn't matter to me. Um, I know that you know we, we, make, we make big deals about words, but if you want to call it a resolution, then resolve to do it. It's fine with me. Do it under the Lord. Uh, the Lord will use it. Uh, and encourage you in it. If it's a recommitment, if it's a confession, if it's a new habit you want to create, uh, I'd love to hear what the Lord's doing. Uh, so I've got a question for Josh here. We've got Josh. Pastor Josh Sorensen uh, is in studio with us today. Uh, he's one of our team pastors here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Great to be here. Uh, he comes to us by way of Calvary Chapel in Philly, so you can shout out people That's listening. That's right. If you're in Philly, I love you guys. Uh, Use guys. Use guys. And then uh, we, he also came way, by way of California, so uh, I don't think, other than people listening online, uh, none of the stations carry us in California yet. Yes. Uh, but listening online, we know we got a lot. We got folks listening in uh, California, and then he's been with us for the last six months. So he's gonna. You're gonna hear a lot more of Josh in the future uh, on Calvary Live. But he's in uh, co-hosting with me. And so I just got a quick question. It comes in by text. Yeah. Uh, once a person dies, does he have his judgment day at the moment of death? It's a great question. And it kind of goes back to the question that was asked before. What happens when a person dies? Where, where does that person go? And of course, you, you, you said it, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So we know that immediately a person that's, that is born again is with the Lord in heaven. Um, but the judgment doesn't happen right away. We know that. If you study First and Second Thessalonians, if you read through the book of, of Revelation, there's, there's, there's a, a judgment that happens for believers. So I'm not sure if the question is related to believers Believer, or unbelievers. He, he actually has them both. Okay. So, so for believers, um, wonderfully, and when we talk of judgment, Scripture does talk about the judgment seat, or it's also known as the Bema seat of Christ. So um, that's a different kind of a judgment where we're, we're really held accountable f- for our, our actions. We're going to stand before the Lord on behalf of our lives, but, but we're not judged in the sense of, of how we think of judgment. We're, we're rewarded 
for our obedience to the Lord at what's called the judgment seat or the bema seat of Christ. That's something for believers only, those that are born again. That will happen later. Uh, and, and then, of course, there's something called the, the great white throne judgment. Uh, and, at, and at that judgment, at the very end of time, this is after the rapture of the church. This is after the seven-year tribulation. Uh, this is right before God recreates the heavens and the earth again. Uh, but but the great white throne judgment will be something that all unbelievers will be at. There'll be no believers at at, at the great white throne. And there, uh, Scripture says that that uh, God will look at these people that that rejected him and say, depart from me, I never knew you. And it's from that great white throne judgment, it says that unbelievers then are cast into hell. So n- neither of those happen the moment a person dies. Um, and, and particularly for the believer, I just think it's good to reiterate again that the moment a loved one passes, the moment we pass from from this side of eternity, we're immediately with the presence of the Lord. At some point, we will stand before him uh, on account of our lives, but because our judgment was taken by Jesus on the cross, uh, we're going to be rewarded for, for our obedience to him. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, perhaps crowns, perhaps jewels and crowns. We don't know exactly what that will look like, but it'll be beautiful. It's going to be interesting. This is such a common question that I put together on my website a list of, I think I called it, the 12 chronological events of the end times. And it starts with the age of grace, we're living in it now, then the rapture, then the Bema seat for believers, then the marriage supper of the Lamb, then the great white throne period. That's the first five, uh, uh, the great tribulation period, then the battle of Armageddon, then the second coming of the saints, then the separation of the sheep and the goats. The great white throne is number 10 on the list. So there's quite a few chronological things. Biblically, there's a little bit of disagreement on, among people, but you know, Christians are known as, if they were only good as evangelizing as we are as disagreeing about things, uh, the more the world, I think, would hear the gospel. However, um, this is where I sit. A lot of people sit in the same place. Email me, ed at edtaylor.org ed at edtaylor.org. I'll send you this information and other information, but uh, I do think, I do appreciate you making the distinction, Josh. It's important that you realize there are two judgments, one for believers, great white, or the Bema seat, uh, and for unbelievers is the great white throne. One's for rewards, and one is the final uh, authority of God saying, why did you reject Jesus? And you receive the final eternal judgment there. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to head over now to Sherry, Pennsylvania. Where are you in Pennsylvania, Sherry? Hi, Pastor Adam in Harrisburg. Harrisburg. I want to tell Pastor Josh that we have still had some of those really chilly temperatures <laughs> a couple weeks ago. We had some really cold temperatures. I actually that, heard that, that you guys— challenge might have worked that day. Yeah, you, you guys got, I think, some of the weather we had. I heard it, it crossed from us over to, to the northeast there, so you're welcome. Yeah, it was pretty ugly. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. What's well, going on? We, we made it, thank goodness. Yes. Um, but just wanted to call in, looking just for some general prayers, um, Pastor Ed. I called in a couple months ago. Yes. Um, coming up, February is going to be a year that my mother passed, mm-hmm. and my father, and both my brother and I took care of her while she was at home. My father is in a nursing home, so it just left him, turned on the radio, and even though it's not live here, just reminded me, because yeah. I was feeling so down, to give you a call. So yes. that's what I did. So calling you and, uh, yeah. It's I don't pretty, want to ramble your your whole okay. other half hour away, but just the, giving me the strength to keep doing what I'm doing for my dad, yeah. I guess, is a big thing. Um, 
day by day. Prayers for nursing homes, you know, ever since the pandemic, so many, you know, a lot of health health related fields, you know, are just struggling. And so that affects our loved ones. Mm. And so I leave there. I have a tendency to to take on the world on my shoulders is really the only way I can think of putting it. Yes. Wishing I could do more for him. (laughs) Um, I know what I'm doing is helping him immensely, but that feeling of not being enough (laughs) I struggle with a lot (laughs) yeah the enemy has a way of just laying not only our emotions and feelings but to just lay these heavy burdens on us and um, a couple of things before I pray for you have you stepped into um, have you stepped into a grief share class out there yet Um, no it's really kind of just been kind of just going with the flow for this past year you know my brother and i we kept her mom's house so trying to keep things going there he's going through some health issues so can't contribute financially so i got a lot of burden on me trying to keep things going so it's like i haven't really made the time to to get my i I think you're ready you know i think (laughs) you're ready you know when you're on a plane and they are giving all the instructions there and they say when the mask comes down, you know, the oxygen mask, they always tell you to put it on you first. Right. And it's so counterintuitive, isn't it? Because we're, if, if we really were in a crisis, we'd probably think of everyone else. I know you would. I know if you were sitting on the plane uh, next to somebody you love, you would immediately think of them first and want to take care of people. And then you'll get to you some other time. But they know um, people in the airlines. I mean, just in general, I think I, I've seen this as well, that if we're not in a position to help, then the person we want to help and we ourselves will suffer. And you've been enduring this with all the burdens and all the challenges for so long. And I just, I, you know, with Grief Share, it is a challenging class to take for sure. And in the beginning, when we had it here at the church, I was always eager when I heard someone grieving, just go, just go, just go. And then I learned, uh, unfortunately, the hard way in some respects, that it's it's not something you just go day one. You you need to be ready to some degree. I mean, not, I know we never feel like we're ready, but you got to be ready to step into it because it's going to require a lot of surrender and soul searching and and pain. You know, it's got you're going to revisit the pain almost every time you attend. However, I'm listening to you. You're ready. Not only are you ready, but if you were in our church here, I would tell you, you need it. You <laughs> I need... give that advice way better than I take it. <laughs> I bet you do. Um, and I, that's just why you can't breathe right now, because everyone else has the mask on and you don't. And, you know, the problems aren't going to go away. They're not going to get easier. And even if they did, you know, you're going to be so detail-oriented that you're going to find things to improve. And that's just how God made you because you love people, you you love the people that are closest to you. And I, I think that, that that's an important piece. And even though you probably can't take an extended vacation, you know, like secondly, maybe a couple hours a day or something where you can go to a park. I mean, after the weather changes, of course, but like just two hours of being unplugged, nobody can get a hold of you, just like enough to be available for an emergency maybe, but like like just to get some time alone with the Lord, to get some breathing so that, you know, that the the idea of just making yourself available. The big thing, I almost said it, um, but I, I don't necessarily believe in it, but I almost said it. I said, you know, you I almost said you probably need some self-care, but here's the problem with self-care. 
the problem with self-care is now it's another burden because now I got to take care of myself and I don't want to take care. I can't even take care of my loved ones and I'm grieving and I miss my mom and, and on and on. Um, so I, I don't even want, I don't want to call it self-care. I want it to, I want to call it self-surrender because you can do that. And the Holy Spirit will comfort you and encourage you. And I know it won't last long because you'll be right back in reality, but you'll be stronger for the moment. And day by day, just like you've made it for a year, you can make it for another year, but with less problems, less difficulties, and be prepared for some of the big ones that are up ahead. Because you know some big ones are up ahead. Oh, yeah. I, there's a couple times when I, I'll stop and I'll think that I, I just can't believe that I've, I've come and made it as far as I have. So... I mean, I know I have that strength in me, and 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 I know God's on my side. I, I know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have a pretty good relationship. I, I don't I don't go to church every day, but I'm very confident and secure in my relationship with God. Not having to go into a church, so I I know He's been there for me. I know He's probably been the major strength factor. <laughs> no, He has, and you know, I, I think that it it is that it is that sense where God is calling you to Himself. I know the problems are yelling at you and dragging you and and consuming you, but in all that noise, the Holy Spirit is calling you to himself. And if you don't respond to that call, the problems will consume you. And you I, won't be I can see that. you I, won't be help for anybody, and that's just not your heart. It's so it's counterintuitive what the Holy Spirit's calling you to do because it's apart from your humanity like but it's also counterproductive the way you've been choosing, some of the ways you've been choosing to handle it, because this is where you are. And I can, right in the beginning of the call, you could hear you almost lost it. And probably after we hang up, you'll almost lose it, because you're reaching the end of your resources, and you kind of feel like a failure, and whoa, I can't, but you're not. You're just reaching the end of your resources so you can realize the resources of God. I appreciate that. How close is Harrisburg to, to Philadelphia? Um, I, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you. So pretty far, four I mean, hours. It might be like an, an hour. No, not even an hour. Is there a Calvary hour. Chapel? It's been years since I've been there. A couple hours, maybe. Is there a Calvary Chapel in Harrisburg? Um, I know there's a Mount Calvary. I don't know hmm. about. Well, let's see. Let me look it up because I, you know, that's our family of churches, and I know that if you walked into it, uh, Harrisburg. Let's see. One did pop up. Let's see here. Calvary Chapel, Harrisburg, West Shore. Um, Across the river if I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but not saying that I wouldn't. <laughs> well, you know, call them. Um, how about you start okay. there? And you don't have to go across any river if you call them. Um, their number is 717-461-9050. Okay. And, you know, let the Lord use that... Oh, that was, yeah, that's the right number. Um, and just that, that's somebody that's super close to you. And they'll know of other resources and other churches that are near you. And if they have a grief share, I don't know the area, but I would tell you this, it would be worth crossing the river for that class. It's, that's something, I mean, little in the grief share, but just even introducing church back into my life. It's yes. It's definitely something that I've thought of yes. many times over the years, just, you know. I, I guess I kind of feel like I don't have the time, although I think Sundays are my definite day of rest. Oh, you, you have the time. <laughs> or I think just getting through the week, Sunday's the day that I just can't do a thing. So. And, and you know, Sundays, the Bible says that Sunday is the first day of the week. It is traditionally <laughs> that is true, yeah. the, the time when believers came together to reorient their lives around God. 
and starting the week, worshiping, remembering you're not alone, hearing the Word of God because that's going to build your faith, um, new relationships and community await you um, in a new in a community church. Like like there's so much support, and and the people won't be God to you, but they'll be a helpful support to you. So before I pray, one more thing. Um, I after my son passed away uh, nine years ago, I wrote a book, and it's not about grief as much as it is about getting your eyes on the Lord. And I would love to send that to you as a gift if you. Uh, give the producer your address when we're done praying. I would love that. Okay, great. And so after I pray for you, I'll put you on hold. Kevin will get your information, and my assistant will drop a couple books into the mail for you that will just feed your soul, minister to you. I won't make it like a deal, but I will make sort of a kind of a deal. If I send you the books, you'll call the church. Absolutely. Okay, deal. So we did make a deal. <laughs> All right. So, Father, I pray for my sister, um, the weights she's carrying. You could hear it. Um, but you can also hear she's open to encouragement. Like you, I could hear your, your spirit was already encouraging her on a phone call. And I know she, she misses her mom like crazy. She's super concerned about her dad and all the other financial things. And besides her own life, just her life. And so I pray you would comfort her, encourage her, help her, God. She's got a lot of hard decisions to make that will reset her life in a way that will give her incremental strength and a new dependence on you. And if there's anything I hear uh, in the call is you're calling her back to yourself. And so I pray she would rise to the occasion, not just like one more thing to do, but like the only thing to do, that everything will come from that. And I pray you'd strengthen her even after this phone call and that when she calls the church that they would answer the phone uh, and respond to her in a way that represents your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to put you on hold, and then uh, Kevin will take your name and address. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. Okay, and, thanks. And, and Pastor Josh, we'll hold on to this nice weather here that we're having right now <laughs> and be thinking of you in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for calling. God bless you, Jared. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number, 303-690-3000. we got a couple open lines if you want to take advantage of them. Text me, 720-336-0897, 303-690, excuse me, text me, 720-336-0897. Uh, so I am going to try, if you want to text, I see people are texting in, for the link uh, to that timeline. I'm going to respond to the text if you want to try it, but sometimes it doesn't work for some reason. Uh, but I'll respond. So I see somebody just text me. I sent you the link. The guy that called, I sent you the link. Uh, and so uh, we'll send it to you. You can go to edtaylor.org. And we're working. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I got a brother that he's working on the back end and redoing my whole website. So I can't wait for it to be done. Um, but he also faced some tragedy. It slowed down his progress. Um, and so we just got to be patient with one another. Um, okay, Josh, here you go. Uh, here's a question that came through. I'm texting from Bowling Green, Kentucky. My question is, if a man gets married three times, the first marriage he divorces, the second marriage she divorces, and the third married uh, to him, does it make her an adulterer if it's possible? Can this be fixed? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Wow. Thanks for giving me that question. That's it. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting question because we do get a lot of people, even here at church, that will ask us about marriage and remarriage and divorce, and you know, the, those questions are hard to answer without having full context behind the marriage. What, why did the marriage end in the first place? Was was there? Um, we're both believers, we're both unbelievers, was one a believer, was one an unbeliever, was there infidelity, unfaithfulness? So kind of hard to answer that question. We obviously, we know God's intention for marriage is that uh, there would be one man and one woman for one lifetime. And so uh, anything else short of that requires prayer, requires uh, pastoral conversation uh, regarding these things, taking a look at what Scripture says. So with again, without knowing the context and and what's behind all of that. Uh, that, that might have been a hypothetical question, but yeah. um, but hard, hard to answer some of that. It's well, hard to give a blanket statement to say, you know, for anyone, um, it's to, to make light of divorce and just to say it's, right. it's, it's, it's no big deal, because it certainly is. Well, and, I, and I think that there's elements of, was he a believer? Was he not a believer? Like, and so to me, great answer, Josh, and I would only add to that, it's important that you sit down with someone where you, both of you, where you can sort this out. Um, and talk through. You know, I was just reading in Matthew yesterday, Jesus makes it very clear, anyone that marries someone that's divorced, and I think the context is divorced that's not biblical, uh, commits adultery. And and I think that Jesus in the same Sermon on the Mount talked about adultery being committed with your eyes. And so the whole essence of the Sermon on the Mount and that particular teaching is to take your sins to him, right? Because the requirement is to be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, and none of us live up to that. So the the real question, I think, and even if it's hypothetical or scenario, the real question is, is what is God doing right now? And where are you guys if you're if if the, you're the final woman, or you're the man, the final final marriage? Um, what is God doing in that right now? Uh, because you're married, you're covenanted with one another. You may have a, a story past and a sinful past, but you got to bring that all to the Lord and let him sort it out for you and cleanse you so you can go forward. And, you know, again, uh, who wants to be divorced? Who wants to be remarried? Um, nobody, I mean, truly in the spirit, we don't want to sin against God. But if this is your scenario, then the answer is make, we aren't going to call this your third marriage. We're going to call it your last marriage. This is it. And so whatever this is, let's get on track with the Lord. I think a lot of times, too, uh, people ask questions about marriage because there's, for, for one of two reasons, they're either hoping that they get permission to do what they want to do, which as pastors, we don't have any authority to give any permission outside of what God says anyway, or hopefully the, the intention behind the question is, I really want to honor God with my life, yeah. and I want to do what's right. And so I'm asking this question because uh, I, I want my life to be something that, that brings glory to God, despite my past, despite the hurt, despite the brokenness <clears throat> that I've experienced in my marriage. Yeah, I agree. And radio um, is good for some things and challenging for other things. Uh, and this would definitely be a uh, question that we could give us a, a, a high level answer, but you really need to sit down with someone and work through all the details of what's going on in your life. Here's another question came through on text. Uh, have you heard or seen the movie Jesus Revolution? I have heard about it. It's supposed to be about Chuck Smith uh, and Greg Laurie. Yes, uh, I can't wait to see it. 
some people here got to see it already uh, and didn't tell us that they had tickets or whatever. And I'm like, Kevin's one of them. I think it was Kevin that got to see it. And uh, it wasn't Kevin. Pastor Micah. Micah. Micah went to see it and didn't tell us. Didn't share his tickets or anything. Um, but I was just noticing, uh, I'm not friends with Pastor Greg. I wish I was. I wish I was. Uh, had that close. But Pastor Skip is. So Skip has Greg coming out, and they're going to show the movie at his church. And, and I'll say this. I, I've heard from a number of people that got saved back during the Jesus movement, that were part of the early days of Calvary Chapel, and every single one of them said they felt the movie did justice yeah. and was accurate and reflected the, the days uh, of what was taking place there. Although it's Greg Laurie's personal story more than it is the, the story of Calvary Chapel, there are, there are elements of that. And so I've heard from guys that said they, they wept through the movie because it, it brought back so many beautiful memories. Well, I, I went to uh, one of our traditions since we moved to Colorado and we don't have a lot of family here is on Thanksgiving and Christmas Day, we go see a movie. So on Christmas, no, uh, yeah, it was Christmas. We went to go see the new cartoon, Puss in Boots, yeah. uh, Puss in Boots, Boots, Boots. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, it played Jesus Revolution as a um, uh, preview. You know, and usually we just skip the previews, but I sat there and, and I teared up. Because it's a part of our story, like that. It it it's a it's the it's a part of the Calvary Chapel story. The way that they portray all the things, like it's like the roots of our little family of churches. And in just the trailer, uh, watching it on the big screen, I'm like, man, this is just amazing uh, to be a part of this. And uh, you know, Calvary Chapel is dear to my heart. It's where I got saved, where I got discipled. Uh, I get to move to Colorado, pastor Calvary Chapel. I mean, only God could do that. Um, and I, so I think it's going to be great. I can't, I hope we can screen it. Um, we got a big wall that we use for a variety of things. So I hope we get to do what Skip Heitzig, Pastor Skip gets to do. Uh, and we probably, I don't know, maybe we should ask. I mean, we say we probably can't get Greg, but we should ask anyway. No we'll harm in asking. Bring him off to Colorado. We'll take you, we would love to have him in Colorado, but, uh, um, I know that, I know that it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good movie. Um, I read the book. I read the book, the, the, the book that Pastor uh, Greg came out with, um, because I love to hear, read anything about the Jesus movement. That's the most recent revival uh, generationally um, that we happen to be birthed from. But the book is a great, great, it's an interesting book because it's kind of third person-ish uh, as he's going through his life. But um, uh, he's one of the brothers that truly encourages me. He's been able to weather ministry. He um, is... Um, able to um, use his gift to bring thousands of people the gospel. It's just, it's amazing. Good stuff. So thanks for asking. I think it's a great movie. Also, somebody text in, just want to let you, going back to Palma in Miami, um, somebody reminded me through text that people like Corey Ten Boom, who was also in the concentration camp, very much shared the gospel, no doubt. And I know she wasn't alone uh, in that. So the gospel was not absent uh, and uh, such. Thank you guys for sending that because it didn't come to mind. But like the gospel was not absent. And, and her um, book, The Hiding Place, Corey Ten Boom, is is an amazing book for anybody to read. But if Palma, if you're still listening, I think that book would be such an encouragement to you because she lived through those days. Yeah. And and uh, and her faith was only strengthened as a result of what she saw. Yeah. So so good. So thanks for thanks for shooting that my way. I I didn't even cross my mind, but no doubt she was not a singular voice uh, among in the concentration camps. So we're coming up on the end of today's program. Uh, so thank you, Giovanni in Baltimore. Call back tomorrow, if you would. Michael up in Greeley. Lord, we just pray for the Congo. 
uh, all the war and conflict there. We stand in the gap with Michael. We ask you, God, to intervene uh, miraculously. And, and, you know, even as I'm praying, I don't even know what I'm praying for in that regard. But your word says that you will help us pray. And we don't always know what we're supposed to pray, but you will help us. And so we lean on that promise in Jesus' name. Hey, we're going to be in church tonight. It's our first Wednesday night of the new year. We're back in Genesis chapter 22. It's it's like an epic chapter where Abraham is tested with his son Isaac. And I originally put together a chapter, a Bible study where we can just go through the whole chapter. And I'm like, no, we can't do that. Uh, so we're going to go through a few verses, at least two weeks, maybe three weeks. It's just one of those epic chapters. Um, it's one of the reasons why I can't get through the Bible very quickly, because I can't do 10 chapters a night like Pastor Chuck did. I just can't do it. Um, and and this one in particular, there's so much packed in it that uh, I want the Holy Spirit to minister to us. So you can join us here, Cal- Calvary, Calvary Church. We're on uh, Hampton, uh, one block east of Tower Road, southeast Aurora, you can go to our website, calvaryco.church. Best way to stay in touch with us, 100%, is to download our free app. Go to your app store, put my name in there, Ed Taylor. Um, the reason we use my name is there's a many, many, many Calvary ch- uh, churches, but only one with uh, Ed Taylor that we found so far. Download that app, turn on notifications. You can watch live all of our archives dating back to the beginning of the church, everything you need to know, how to know God, resources, um, all sorts of things available. That's Ed Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. Same with my website, edtaylor.org. Um, all the information's available there. Thanks, Josh. I know you'll be back, but thanks for being here today. Blessing. Thank you. Bless you. God bless you guys. Be encouraged in the Lord, and uh, Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow. Stay close. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.